The KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand, featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now. Are you voting Republican or Democrat in the 2022 elections? If you are registered to vote in the U.S. territory of Guam, this question is for you. For those new voters, this episode may be of some assistance. Guam Politics is the showcase on this episode of That's It, That's All. You are listening to That's It, That's All with Sean DiMatato. You are listening to That's It, That's All. I'm Sean Gumatautau. The podcast is presented by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies company based in Guam, serving government and private sector organizations in the Western Pacific and beyond. Need help on writing a safety plan? Need support with your workforce or need to build a workforce in Micronesia? Ask Get LLC. They can be found on the web at get-guam.com. Check them out today. Welcome to those listeners checking out the podcast in Smart, Tennessee. Smart for listening in for sure. Excited to greet those new listeners in Seoul, South Korea. That's it. That's all. Heard in 20 countries. And can't forget the listeners right here, the other home base of the podcast in Hagat, Guam, Half a day to you all. The format of That's It, That's All is simple. Let the podcast take you from one end of the island of Guam to the other. Glad to be on the journey across the 240 square miles of this island paradise. By the time you get to the other side, it's all complete. Remember to download the podcast ahead of that next bike ride before you start the shift on your laptop computer or just ahead of your planned road trips near or far. Thank you to our friends at RedCircle.com and pushing out the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. Also, That's It, That's All can be heard on the iHeartRadio app and on Pandora. We are proud of our association with the KUAM Podcast Network, Micronesia's leader in award-winning broadcast news and information, and the multimedia home of original programming from the island of Guam. Hit the like, subscribe, or follow buttons of That's It, That's All, wherever you get your podcasts today. I asked this question on Twitter recently, and it got me thinking of it for this podcast. Are you voting Republican or Democrat in the 2022 Guam elections? For the 49,000 registered voters in the U.S. Territory, some may have a ready answer. For those, this podcast may not be so very useful. There is utility in it for many others, I believe. For those voters who are trying to decide which way to vote, well, sit back and relax. This could be pretty fun. The August primaries in Guam, set for August 27, 2022, will be more of an exercise in ideology than anything else. The 2022 primary election may have more interest in it than any other primary since Guam started this process back in 1969. 
there are distinct differences between those days of old and the modern-day Guam election. First, turnout. To this podcaster, turnout for both the primary and general elections are so very important for the community. The same 49,000 registered voters will be asked how they want their government to look for the foreseeable future. It really is an important decision. It has been some time that the Guam electorate has been this small in Guam elections, this 49,000 figure. While we know that there will be some growth in the lead-up to Decision 2022, the last time this number decided an election outcome, 1992. There was 46,681 registered voters, or a 74.7% voter turnout then. In 1992, the Democratic Party of Guam took a supermajority in the Guam legislature, a foreshadowing of things to come for the island and control of Guam's executive and legislative branches. In that group, two men would eventually be elected governor in Carl Gutierrez and Felix Camacho. The speaker, Joe T. San Augustine, took the gavel for his third stint as the speaker, his ninth consecutive term. Historically, the 74.7% voter turnout was the second lowest turnout since the people of Guam started voting for their representative government in 1950. The 1952 election had been the lowest with a 72.1% voter turnout. That was until the 2004 midterms that saw a 67.1% voter turnout. That year, there were nearly 55,000 registered voters. Many, including this podcaster, were stunned and saddened at the same time as there were many who marveled how one of the smallest communities in America was able to keep people voting in large numbers for so very long. 54 years since 2004, the failed-to-vote number has risen steadily. The eyes on the data look at the last two cycles, where in 2018 and 2020, 33.2% and 47.4% respectively, those percentages of the electorate failed to vote. The latter was up against a pandemic. But the one previous, the last gubernatorial cycle in 2018, 66.8% of the registered 55,961 voters cast a ballot for the governor of Guam. This figure was the lowest turnout and election for governor in the 49 years of the modern election for the highest political seat in the territory. There were too many pundits after the 2020 election that put the blame for turnout against the global pandemic. Blame was laid at the feet of the Guam Election Commission for allowing early voting that year. Questions were hurled at the political parties of Guam that not enough work was done to get out the vote. Apathy was not the excuse. Apathy could not be the excuse. Nationwide, voter participation was exceptionally high. A U.S. Census Bureau Current Population Survey Voting Supplement notes that 2020's voting spike 
or a 66.8% voter turnout occurred across both Democratic-leading demographic groups and Republican-leading ones. That number sound familiar? General election-wise, did Guam's gubernatorial cycle just collide with the national average for a presidential election? Well, not likely. The nation's highest voter turnout for a presidential election was in 1992 and a 67.7% voter turnout. Guam's highest voter turnout for a gubernatorial election in modern times was back in 1982. An 87% voter turnout sent Ricky Berdalio to Adeloupe literally and figuratively. The school before that cycle had just been condemned and the Berdalio administration converted it into the seat of government in the last 40 years since. I digress. This is about turnout. This is about an election. In 2022, both parties will need to bring their A, B, and C games to this particular exercise. There will need to be a hard look at getting younger folks registered and done so quickly. Women vote more than men. Since 2010, women were more likely to vote and did so in greater numbers. 21,077 women cast votes in 2010 in ballot boxes from Jigo to Mariso. That number declined in the five preceding cycles, but not by much. GEC data shows men did have a good showing in 2010, too. But there were precipitous drops in the voting behavior. The 2020 cycle saw just 13,777 men participate. That was short by some 1,823 votes by women in the last midterm. Decision 2022 is still months away from the premiere of this particular podcast. Folks I talk with on both sides seem not so interested in this particular matter. The voter turnout, especially to elect the Guam governor, is more important than ever before. There are some young people who are not even able to vote for governor and are now older and eligible to participate. Some of our Manumka who drove the higher voter turnout, well, the active political types are slowly passing away with time, but so are the glory days of our young democracy. It is my belief that if there is no intervention on behalf of the parties and individual candidates to register new voters and get out the vote, this election cycle could prove again to be decided by the vote of the few when so many more should be encouraged and nurtured to participate in this most important process as part of this American and Pacific Island democracy. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. Are you voting Democrat in the 2022 Guam election? There are reasons to. 
you will have a primary election for governor. Incumbents Lulian Guerrero and Josh Tenorio go into this cycle with windfalls from federal spend at their backs. They will be facing current Guam delegate to the U.S. House of Representatives Mike Sinicholas and whoever he can find to run with him. Guam Congressman Sinicholas has taken credit for every single federal cent brought in from the actions of former U.S. President Donald Trump and current American President Joe Biden. He feels, Mike Sinicholas does, that he was responsible for shepherding the billions in the fight against COVID and the recovery from the global pandemic. In recent weeks, the running mate for Congressman Sinicholas has been a source of great speculation. Heck, this podcaster noted that he would run and announce it a week before this episode premiered. In fact, I was wrong. Way off is a better description. There is a race for governor, however it pans out. Many are believing he is chasing down the governor to jump into the race ahead of her now-delayed State of the Island address. The theory behind this disrupt her important policy speech, take the air out of the room, and get her responding to the launch during the very event, folks will be expected to get their response to her very last policy hurrah. On the legislative front, Democrats seem poised to retain the majority in the Guam legislature again. The youngsters have proven their mettle. The veterans have crafted significant policy wins. The legalization of recreational marijuana is the backbone of the accomplishments. New commissions were created, like the Ethics Commission, to keep executive branch appointees in check. Little did they think that the same commission would be used to explore the antics of some members of the Guam legislature themselves. Now, why would I note that there is a chance for the Democrats to retain the control of the branch? Most are running for re-election. Some newcomers may prove to make the 37th Guam legislature another supermajority in the face of wins up and down the ballot in November. There could be a primary for Guam delegate. That is, if Congressman Sinicholas does in fact leave the seat to run for governor. Legacy will be the message as Judy Wampat, the daughter of the late Antonio Wampat, is set to run for Congress. She will likely pull on the coattails of her dead father and Guam political heavyweight who served in the Guam Congress, was elected as the first speaker of the Guam legislature, elected to the Guam-Washington office in 1964 and the U.S. House of Representatives in 1972 and then served six consecutive terms. The nine-term former speaker, Judy Wampat, has spent the last five years in the private sector to include a stint heading up the Guahan Academy Charter School. Word is that sitting Senator Talena Nelson and former Senator Regine Bisco-Lee will challenge for the congressional seat. The younger statesman enjoyed much success at the polls, and the race for Congress again will be ratcheted up ahead of the primary. Democrats are rallying. They are building the machine off of the 2018 win for Adeloupe. But there is many party members who are doubting the sincerity of the leadership. Many party folks are not too happy with the newer generation of Democrats running the show. To them, it appears the young Democrats are all about show. There seems to be an elitism to the party once described locally as the popular party of Guam. A political power play has been brewing for some time. Democrats 
are bringing home as many of their people to be a part of the 2022 elections. That act has the establishment relishing in the fact that those lost sheep of the party are now home. Others are fed up with how things are being run. The factions are pissed off at the current administration. The current administration has been accused of more politics than executive action, minus the weed law. Social issues seem to be getting their due. Though many Democrat Party stalwarts are pretty darn conservative, the social issues have led to higher crime and lack of opportunity for businesses and the working class. Their miscalculations on weed tourism, and the pandemic would generally get people fired if they were in the private sector. But there is great compassion in the public sector for this particular style of leadership. Raises of frontliners is now taking center stage, as is payment for those left out of the Guam World War II Loyalty Recognition Act, a federal act, mind you. No worries, no concerns, just keeping the leadership will be better for the island of Guam is what the committee to re-elect the Leon Guerrero Tenorio team is saying. They say Guam has the change that people sought out three years ago and they need more time to complete their work. The pandemic got in the way. Pretty bold words for a group that hopes the electorate have not soured on that assessment. The island is one of the last American communities with a COVID-19 mask mandate. Guam has a high vaccination rate with tourism numbers trickling in. Guam's public sector was largely unscathed, while the island's private sector took some pretty heavy hits and has not fully recovered. Democrats got weed. But is it enough to sway voters their way this time around? This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. Are you voting Republican in the 2022 Guam election? There are reasons to vote for them, too. The party is, for the first time in nearly 50 years, together in lockstep behind a gubernatorial ticket headed up by former Guam Governor Felix Camacho, a friend of this podcast, and Guam Senator Tony Atta. There is no primary challenge in the works. All the living governors, Paul Calvo, Joe Atta, and Eddie Calvo, the lieutenant governors, Kurt Moylan and his son Kaleo Moylan, the family of the late Lieutenant Governor Frank Bloss Sr. and his son and current Senator Frank Bloss Jr. and the party establishment, young and old, are all with Governor Camacho and Senator Ada in this effort. There is something different about this team. Many folks are supporting them who have become disillusioned with the leadership the last three years and are wanting stability back at the office of the governor. The idea of leadership is driving interest in the Camacho at a ticket, enough so that the opposition party is closing ranks and dropping former GOP members in fear of returning home and taking back Adeloup. With no primary means a concerted effort to frame leadership as the Democrats are set to slug it out until August. 
The field for the Guam legislature is a stark contrast to the top of the ticket. There are plans that 15 people will make the run, led by Senator Blas, multi-term Senator Joanne Brown, both jumping back into the race to bring a level of adult supervision back to the Guam Congress building. Incumbents Chris Duaneus and Tello Tidegui will round out the field with some familiar faces expected to pick up packets and start their respective run for senator. In the congressional race, Senator Jim Moylan has decided to run for delegate, considered one of the few political friends of the current delegate, Mike Sinicholas. The relationship stands to be helpful beyond the primary. A military man and former law enforcement officer makes his candidacy that much more interesting against a field of Dems who would duke it out into late August. Republicans are getting some help. A well-publicized visit by Republican National Committee Vice Chairman Tommy Hicks comes on the heels of a visit by the RNC Chair Ronna McDaniel back in 2019. Folks are counting on the visibility of the Guam GOP as of late. The visibility on full display with the announcement of the Republican candidacy for governor in late February. There was something about the interaction and the smiles from the GOP headquarters in Timuning. A buzz. An energy. A collective focus. Bringing leadership back to Adeloupe, which many GOP leaders and supporters are saying is needed as the tale of the pandemic is making its way out of the region. The buzz comes as the current president is unpopular. The majority in the Congress and Senate is equally unpopular. The decisions of the collective, resulting in major foreign policy blunders and domestic policy that has heated up the U.S. economy that is reversing in some ways 50 years of progress, that trickle-down has never moved to ballot behavior locally. What is for certain that many industry leaders feel shunned by the current governor, underwhelmed by the work of the legislative majority and policy that spends more time on the social side of the aisle than the more practical and pragmatic healthcare, economic, education, and public safety policy. These leaders of industry backed her four years ago. The message today is that they just can't do it again. The isolation from COVID was also a isolation from interaction to help lead the island in the darkest time in a generation. Plenty of ideas from business leaders, just not enough to get past the policy wonks advising Governor Leon Guerrero that their own ideas were better for the people and the great society as a whole. Whether you vote Democrat or Republican, some tidbits to chew on between now and late August. The incumbents are telling you that the change you asked for is here to stay. A statement of entitlement of elite Dems is really my guess. Republicans are sending out a wide message that is contrasting the leadership exhibited during the ongoing public health emergency. As a group, United They are banking on bringing you back the reality that things are caught in the proverbial storm, that the whole of the Republican Party of Guam is saying the reality needs to be changed or things could go from bad to worse. The Democrats are telling you that things are good for our people now and they need more time to complete the work. Republicans are telling you that terms are limited and work should have never stopped despite COVID. Work should have continued. It is a big choice that this podcaster has presented. 
This is a single voice that is focused on getting you to ask for more details from both sides. This is a single voice advocating for more of us to vote this year. This is a single voice that is excited but nervous about the choices our electorate will make for the leadership of our island in the years ahead. That's it. That's all. If you enjoyed this podcast, download, press subscribe, or follow us right now. More great content is on the way. Talk to you soon. The That's It, That's All podcast is produced by Sean Gamatata. Executive producer is Trisha Gamatata. Hit the subscribe or follow button and leave a review. Thanks for listening. The KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand, featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now.